Welcome to Cancer HealthCasts, where science is driving hope. I'm your host, Catherine McPhail, and today we are joined by Dr. Danielle Carnival, who serves as the White House Cancer Moonshot Coordinator. Joe Biden started the Cancer Moonshot Initiative in 2016 as vice president and reignited the program during his presidency early in 2022, which is what we will be talking about today. Dr. Carnival, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So to start us off, could you introduce the Cancer Moonshot Initiative and President Biden's reignition goals? Yeah, of course. So as you mentioned, the Cancer Moonshot mission really started in 2016 with then Vice President Biden, um, who laid out an effort to double the rate of progress against cancer. Um, And this was a goal to which so many throughout the cancer community responded with passion, ingenuity, and commitment. The work uh, that launched in that final year of the Obama-Biden administration um, was new programs, policies, collaborations from the federal agencies, the private, philanthropic, health and research sector, patient groups everywhere. Uh, Importantly, it included bipartisan passage of the 21st Century Cures Act um, that provided $1.8 billion for cancer research at NCI uh, over the intervening seven years. So that's still going today. But when President Biden took office, to the second part of your question, he was determined to supercharge that work and bring his leadership and a whole of government effort back. Uh, And in February of last year, um, just under a full year ago, President Biden and, and First Lady Dr. Jill Biden reignited the cancer moonshot and set bold new goals to decrease the death rate from cancer by at least 50% over the next 25 years and to improve the experience of people, their families, and caregivers through living with and surviving cancer. So as you say, President Biden set out very ambitious goals in the reignition of the Cancer Moonshot Initiative, reducing by 50% over 25 years. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges to accomplishing those goals? And what are maybe some of the keys or pathways to getting there? Yeah, let's be clear. Reaching these bold but achievable goals will require investing in research and innovation, delivering new ways to prevent, detect, and treat cancer. But it's also going to take making sure that we reach more Americans with the tools we have and those we develop along the way. Uh, we know that there are many challenges uh, standing in the way, and you know, this achievement will, will require outpacing the best annual percentage change in cancer mortality. So better said, the best we've done um, year over year in in, um, saving lives and extending lives when people are facing cancer, we're going to have to do better than that basically every year between now and 2047 at the end of our goal. So that is um, a lot to take on, but we really think that the advances and the opportunities in prevention, in cancer, early detection, in new treatments and cures, really bringing innovation across all of these areas, there's hope that we can get there. I believe that already your team has identified a particular set of keys and pathways. I was wondering if you could go into that and explain a little bit about what you're thinking the strategies will be. Yeah, so we've brought together a cancer cabinet, which is kind of the president's way of saying, I want a whole of government effort. Um, The Department of Health and Human Services, where um, a lot of probably our listeners are most oriented in the federal government, is a huge part of it. And we have not only the secretary of HHS, but leaders from the National Institutes of Health, National Cancer Institute, Food and Drug Administration, 
Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services. So many, many parts of HHS also have a seat at that table, but it's also the Department of Veterans Affairs, Agriculture, Defense, Labor, the Environmental Protection Agency, and many others coming together. And the goals that they, or the, the kind of priority actions that they have determined will get us on the path to reach our goals is to close the cancer screening gap Two, to understand and address environmental and toxic exposure. Three, to decrease the impact of preventable cancer. Think HPV vaccine and tobacco cessation and nutrition and lifestyle, among other tools. Four, to bring cutting edge research and innovation to patients and communities. And five, better support people living with and surviving cancer. So that's really our, our agenda going forward. I have to say that cancer cabinet effort is particularly exciting to see how in this coordinator role, you really are able to bring together people from so many parts of government, industry, academia to really tackle this issue. Thanks so much. I mean, the, the, the cancer cabinet is one aspect of it. When the president and first lady really set this out, it was built on priorities that we heard from across the community. So we spent time listening to not only researchers and doctors and companies, but patients and advocates and caregivers and families to say, what is most important for those directly impacted by cancer and how can we orient a strategy that delivers against that? Absolutely. So I know that data sharing is a very important part of the Cures Act and an important part of the Cancer Moonshot Initiative. Could you tell us a little bit about how data sharing is going to be driving this work? Yeah, I think data sharing is, is an, has an important role to play. And the president, since he was vice president in 2016, has really focused on this, um, especially for uh, data that is created through taxpayer-funded dollars creating the expectation and the pathways for that knowledge, the knowledge gained from that research to be shared across um, institutions, across um, researchers is really important. Uh, that's why uh, the kind of public access to publications. So this is publications from research um, that was paid for with taxpayer dollars are going to be freely and immediately available to everyone. And that's really um, kind of a central tenant that the then vice president, now president, has really um, made key. And I think the reason it's even maybe more important than cancer than any other um, use case example is because the science is really driving us to the point where when we understand the specifics of someone's cancer, there are specific mutations and specific ways that we might be able to target that cancer. And no physician, um, no oncologist, no researcher now is able to see enough patients to have enough understanding of what these very particular different types of cancers are exactly looking like or how to treat them. And so um, I think there's a of society reason that we want to make sure that we're sharing knowledge and driving research at the pace that matters to a patient sitting in an oncologist's office and hearing this diagnosis and wanting to know that there are tools available 
but the science is also driving us in a way where greater data and knowledge sharing is going to be key for us to understand these specific types of cancers and how to deliver more precise and uh, more effective targeted treatments uh, for cancer patients all across the country. Absolutely. I mean, that's so exciting to hear. I think we all know that no doctor or researcher can do it alone. So finding new ways for collaboration and knowledge sharing is just such an exciting thing. President Biden has also called attention to well-documented disparities in the ways that cancer patients receive care. I'm wondering if you could tell us maybe some of the pathways forward for advancing health equity across the cancer care space. Yeah, listen, I think it's important to start out with the fact that the cancer moonshot may have been spurred initially because of the president and the first lady's personal experience. Um, But the reason it's a priority in this administration is because that experience of cancer is so personal to nearly every American. And we know that there are disparities in access to uh, early detection, in access to great care, and disparities in outcomes. And so the Biden-Harris administration stated on day one a priority on bringing an equity focus to all the work from the federal government. And that's a key part of how we'll measure success as part of the cancer moonshot. We also know that disparities in cancer outcomes come from a a kind of set of compounding factors, from additional exposure and, and lack of prevention to less access or ability to access early detection um, or not uh, being able to participate in clinical trials or access the best in care. And so there's not one solution, just to mention a couple ways that we're thinking about this. Uh, The Environmental Protection Agency as part of implementation of the bipartisan infrastructure law, so the law that's rebuilding bridges and roads, is also dedicating a billion dollars to accelerate cleanup at underfunded Superfund sites, these toxic Mm -hmm. sites that all too often communities of color and and underserved communities are disproportionately impacted by. It committed $7.4 billion to help states replace lead pipes and service lines, which will protect millions of families from so-called forever chemicals and other contaminants that may increase people's risk of getting certain cancers. The National Cancer Institute announced new efforts to double the rate of accrual in clinical trials and to connect them more extensively to underrepresented populations, to medically underserved populations. We're looking at supporting more universal patient navigation for people with a cancer diagnosis so that someone is really walking through the steps and providing support and knowledge and information throughout so families can make decisions. And we're focusing From the beginning, the president and first lady have focused on decreasing those gaps, both equity gaps and gaps caused by the pandemic in cancer screening and early detection. Uh, So like I said, there's not one way that we think about this, but there's removing every barrier possible and improving access in communities as much as possible so that everyone has access to the best in cancer care in in this country. Absolutely. Those are such important shifts, and it's really great to see how much attention is being paid to these issues. Another thing I wanted to ask about is, we all know that cancer is a disease that impacts everyone's lives and more research is being done nowadays to understand its effects on families, caregivers, and advocates. You yourself have been an advocate for family members with cancer. And I was wondering what you hope the future will look like in terms of increased support for cancer patients and their loved ones, since that is a major goal of the Moonshot Initiative. 
Yeah, I, President Biden has often said that he wants to end cancer as we know it. And we took that statement and defined specifically how we know cancer today. Um, to mention a few and, and then to get to the, the one you pointed out, too often we diagnose it too late. We have too few tools or do too little to prevent it. As we just discussed, stark inequities in diagnosis, access to treatments and trials, inequities in outcomes. We know too little about how to target treatments to patients. There's cancers for which we lack good strategies to develop treatments, like some of the deadliest diagnoses and rare in childhood cancers. And importantly, we leave most patients and caregivers to navigate the disease and its aftermath on their own, and we don't learn from the experiences of most patients. In each of these areas, we can point to a new approach to caring for patients or a new innovation that can be brought to make progress, which is why um, we really set this forward as the shared agenda um, for all of us to tackle as part of this cancer moonshot. And from the beginning, um, the president has made it clear that we're getting the cancer cabinet together, we're doing our part, but he's really called on all of society to play a role, the scientific community to bring its boldest thinking to the fight, the medical and public health community to improve outreach to and support for underserved communities, the private sector to step up, to develop and test new treatments, to share more data and knowledge, and to collaborate on tools that can benefit all Americans, and respectfully called on people living with cancer and survivors, their caregivers and families, those who have lost someone, to keep sharing their perspectives and experiences, to keep pushing for progress. And I just want to mention we provided a kind of website landing page where people can engage with the Cancer Moonshot. That's whitehouse.gov slash cancer moonshot. That's where we want to hear these stories of experience. We want to know folks' ideas as to how we should prioritize making progress. And we want to know new actions and collaborations from the private sector, nonprofits, research institutions, and the like, the Cancer Moonshot really isn't a government program. It's also a platform to highlight great work and to drive towards this uh, goal, these goals that the president has set out, this vision that he has set out for the Cancer Moonshot. So we want to hear from everyone as we, as we take on these challenges. As you mentioned, cancer patients and caregivers are an important voice in the Moonshot initiative. And I did want to ask if there's any stories you've heard around the moonshot from those folks who you might want to highlight or share. Yeah, I I think the the takeaway that I get from conversations with so many um, people who have been impacted by cancer is there's so much reason for hope. And, and when we talk about hope, we mean hope grounded in science, hope grounded in the promise of, of better outcomes, um, hope um, seen in the, the survivors um, that come forward and tell their stories, not just hope in the abstract. Um, and that hope really is a combination of a belief in the science um, that if we continue uh, to invest and create new ways to move even um, faster in making progress in ways to prevent, detect, and treat cancer. Um, but that combined with the human aspect, creating better systems, creating better support, 
learning from patients, valuing their voices and the expertise that they develop along the way and incorporating that into how we make a better future um, for, for the cancer patients that unfortunately um, will follow them. That's kind of the what I get when I'm talking to folks. There's there's a lot of hope in there. It doesn't mean without work, uh, but really combining that innovation uh, in ways that we think of innovation in research and development with innovation in how we put patients at the center and think about the human lives that are going to be extended and saved, the families that are going to stay together because of the work we all do. That's really kind of our North Star and, and how the president and first lady think about uh, making progress here. Yeah, that's great to hear. There, There is a lot of hope. And I think that that is what drives everybody in this space. So February 2nd is the one-year anniversary of President Biden's reignition of the cancer moonshot. As you're reflecting on that, what are you proudest of from the last year? Yeah, I think I am most proud of the fact that we you know, brought this reignited moonshot back and gave it really solid goals that we can all move towards. Um, and the response from the cancer community and beyond has been great in stepping up and being a part of, we've had private sector announcements throughout the year. We've had a number of cancer cabinet agencies um, make new announcements. I'll mention a few of those. Um, NCI launched a trial that if successful, we'll identify effective blood tests for the detection of one or more cancers, giving us another tool, maybe a less invasive tool for early detection. The Inflation Reduction Act kept out-of-pocket prescription drug costs at $2,000 a year for Medicaid beneficiaries. That's going to save thousands of cancer patients thousands of dollars annually. CDC issued more than $200 million in grants as part of a greater than $1 billion commitment to advance national cancer prevention and control through cancer screening programs in every state, U.S. territory, and tribal nation. USDA is leading on a national strategy on hunger, nutrition, and health. The Department of Veterans Affairs is now leading Implementation of the Bipartisan PACT Act, so veterans with cancer and other diseases may now be eligible for healthcare and expedited disability claims, among others. The NCI also launched Cancer Moonshot Scholars to invest in the next generation of innovative cancer researchers with a focus on developing a cancer research workforce that is more representative of US population. So we're kind of firing on all cylinders. It doesn't mean that there's not even more ambitious agenda ahead. But I think we've proven, um, at least in the first 11 months at this point, uh, the president's commitment to this and what's possible if we work across government, if we work across industry to uh, make progress towards these goals. That is so fantastic to hear. And I know I am really looking forward to see what comes next. Is there anything else that you would like to add today or something you would like the audience to know about? For the audience, um, I think many of the audience can contribute to the uh, the areas that I've already mentioned and can contribute through whitehouse.gov slash cancer moonshot. But I, I think an important part of uh, the reignited cancer moonshot is that there's a personal responsibility in all of us 
uh, to make sure we're doing our part. And so, yes, that means bringing skills and expertise that you have, but it also means staying on top of those recommended cancer screenings, talking to your doctor about things that concern you, taking prevention steps that, that make an important difference, um, because we are really hopeful about reaching the goal, but it's going to take each one of us uh, stepping forward and doing that. Dr. Carnival, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a really wonderful conversation. Of course, thank you so much for having me. HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. If you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.